Hey, podcast listener, are you working so hard you wonder if the money is even worth it? If you're like most CPAs I work with, you have way too much to do, you feel relentless deadline pressure, and worst of all, you feel torn between serving clients and being with family. What if I told you you could work a 40-hour week without losing a dime? I know it sounds impossible, but my Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is designed for CPAs just like you who want to get their lives back. Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is launching soon. In it, you'll learn how to start getting your time back week by week, make your workload manageable while still bringing in plenty of revenue, what to put in your packages and how to price them, and so much more. Don't leave your future to chance. CPA Mastermind will get you on the same profitable path you've been searching for. With unlimited coaching, your success is guaranteed. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there. It's equally scary for the clients to move in that direction. I have clients who are paying me uh, $2,000 until last year. They are paying me 20 now, 20 grand. Yeah, it's crazy that a client will pay you 10 times more. Exactly, because before uh, that, I just wanted to do, do their taxes and that's it. Now, the same client, I mean, we have monthly meeting uh, once a month. You know, I do, uh, I work with them in the capacity of a fractional CFO. So we do their bookkeeping as well. We do, do the tax planning, the tax preparation, pretty much everything. Uh, so we're doing a lot of work as well. Income has increased a lot more from this one client compared to the uh, time that has increased that we're putting in. Welcome to the Business Strategy for CPAs podcast, where I help you work less and make more. My name is Geraldine Carter. Listeners of this podcast span the journey of being a CPA from the far along, perhaps making a million dollars or more, to the part-timers, to the solos, and even to those who are perhaps in private and contemplating a move to public. Wherever you are on your path, getting your business to a place where it sustains your financial needs without usurping all of your free time can be a challenge. But maybe that can be done quicker than you think. Here today to talk with me about his journey is my guest, Sean Afridi. Sean is a CPA who focuses on cash flow and tax planning for real estate investors and helps his clients clean up their messy books and understand their cash position so they can better capitalize on opportunities. Sean is also a client, and we've been working together since about April. And in less than eight months, and with two tax deadlines in between, Sean has gone from pretty close to starting out on his own from scratch to more than six figures in revenue. Sean, welcome to the Business Strategy for CPAs podcast. Thank you, Geraldine. I appreciate that. It's an honor. So let's give listeners a high-level sense of the journey you've taken. Just tell us in a sentence or two where you are now in your business. What's going on? How many clients do you have? What's your revenue like? How many hours are you working every week? And so on. Well, right now, uh, it's just been a year since I've been on my own. You know, I cut the cord at my full-time job last year, so it's been a year. And currently, we are at almost $9,000 monthly recurring revenue. April was when we started seeking uh, monthly recurring work, like the work that, you know, you have to do every month and that that pays you every month. So it's been like seven, six, seven months, and we are at around $9,000 monthly recurring revenue. I am working a lot less than I uh, what I used to when I was working for someone else. Uh, so, and what I've noticed is uh, these days, I think I'm only working like five, six hours uh, a day. 
uh, and it was pretty much the same during the October 15 deadline as opposed to uh, working for someone else when we used to work like 12, 13, 14, 15 hours a day. The, the time that I'm spending uh, at my business, at my work is substantially reduced and the income has uh, substantially increased. So it's phenomenal. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm really enjoying this, uh, this new phase. Awesome. I love it. And the 9000 a month in uh, recurring revenue, that doesn't include your annual tax, like strictly tax related revenue, right? No, no, not, no. This is just uh, bookkeeping, uh, bookkeeping and advisory income. You know, that's a service that I provide on a monthly basis to some of my clients and it does not include any of the tax work. So um, can you give us just a feel if you're up for it of what the revenue on the tax work might be? I think it's going to be because, I mean, I'm fairly new, so I would say it's, I can't tell you an exact amount, but I would say 100 to 150 would be a good guess uh, for tax work because I'm honestly not even seeking just the tax work actively. Um, You know, I'm trying to sell these bundle packages that we have where we do the bookkeeping, advisory, tax planning, tax preparation, everything. So I think tax work is going to be another 100 to 150. I mean, yeah, I think that would be a that would be a fair estimate. On top of the nine thousand monthly. That's right. And about how many clients do you have, ballpark? Less than hundred and fifty. It's going to be uh, between one twenty five to one fifty. Okay, cool. And how many clients are kind of monthly recurring work? Oh gosh, monthly recurring are only ten. Ten clients are only monthly recurring work, and they are providing. Uh, more than half of my income uh, or more than half of my revenue. And we're going to come back to the conversation about um, bookkeeping and margins in a little bit. But because, you know, revenue is revenue is great and all, but at the end of the day, it's the bottom line. What's can you just give us a high level sense of where your margins are overall? Oh, my I believe I'm on my way to Forex uh, uh, minor profit compared to uh, uh, calendar 2020. Wait, Forex what? Say it again. Forex, uh, our bottom line, our net profit compared to uh, 2020. Okay. So just because, uh, you know, I started focusing on the right thing and I was focusing on my business full time, we were able to Forex. Our, it's, it's still a very small business, of course. It's not a huge business, but, uh, you know, my income is going to be, uh, net income is going to be four times more than what we had last year. So that's good. So tell us where you were before you went out on your own, just so listeners have a sense. Well, I uh, just was working with other regional firms here in Southern California. Uh, I was working there as a manager and, you know, I was managing two, 300 clients. And I realized, uh, you know, because I was partially involved in the billing as well. Not, I didn't used to do the billing, but I knew what the clients were billed for and what they were paying for the service. And I realized that I was uh, not doing uh, most of the work, but I was responsible for, uh, you know, getting the work done. And uh, pretty much I wasn't actually signing the tax returns, but actually uh, in, in a way I was solely responsible for the accuracy and for everything else and uh, the effectiveness and everything. Um, so uh, I realized that maybe this is something that I have been doing for the past three, four years on side, you know, my business, I, I was still running my business on side while working uh, a day job. And uh, at, at one point, I realized maybe I can handle all of it on my own and sign the tax returns and uh, as well. And, uh, you know, learn how to get new business, which is the, the most crucial part, and realize that maybe I can do it on my own and just cut the cord. I mean, at that point, my business was not sufficient. Uh, it wasn't at a point where it could pay my bills. 
So uh, cutting the cord at my day job was a leap, uh, but uh, thankfully I'm, I'm really glad I took it uh, and it paid off. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it was, I think when I became a manager is when I realized that this is something that I can do from beginning to the end. So there's no point in, um, you know, sharing uh, the, the, the income or sharing the, the revenue with uh, someone else. Uh, you know, when I can handle the entire thing on my own. So that, that's when I decided to uh, just move on and just have my own thing full time. There were two cords to cut, right? But that was about a year ago? September, yes. Last year, September. So you have built a solid base of clients very quickly. Can you tell us how you did that? Getting new clients is the, the hardest part when you're starting off. And that's what I've learned. Doing taxes is something that I've been doing for like almost a decade. So, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with that. Taxes and accounting is something I'm very comfortable with. Getting new clients is a challenge. And uh, I think the, the easiest way of doing that is uh, just being as focused as you can. Just zero in, in what you're looking for. And that, that's the toughest part. Deciding what do you want to do. You know, when I started working with you, we uh, worked on um, niching, and you know, and I, I picked a niche. So, by the way, real estate is my niche for your listeners. So uh, it, it was a bit nerve wracking um, in the beginning when you, because, you know, I was thinking like an accountant, not as a business owner. I was like, okay, I'll be doing real estate, but then I'll be losing on all this other work that is out there, you know, that I can do. But the fact is, uh, there's always going to be more work in your niche than you can handle. doesn't matter what the niche is, you know? So, and that's what I've realized uh, when I uh, decided what I want to do and I put the right message uh, out there, uh, inviting the right people, then um, I didn't have to go about uh, looking for clients. The, the right clients looked me up and found me and came to me rather than me going to them. So that pretty much reduced my marketing and sales effort uh, substantially. And uh, the, the expenses, the, 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 the advertising expense or the marketing expense uh, got substantially reduced. The time that I had to spend on marketing was substantially reduced. And now the phone rings pretty much every day. You know, they're not always the clients that I'm looking for, but half the time it is the client that I actually seek. It just made uh, this whole process of getting new clients a lot more easier. Yeah, yes, it does. It makes the whole, it makes getting the right kinds of clients to ring your phone so much easier. And like you say, um, there's so much more business in your niche than you can possibly handle. It also makes the job a lot easier, like the, the operational part, you know, because now you only have to uh, know or now you only have to improve in this one segment of the tax law. I mean, also niching doesn't mean, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, niching doesn't mean that you only have to do real estate. I mean, you can also, I mean, take more work. It's just that I don't actively seek it anymore. I only seek real estate work. If someone else comes to me who needs help and, you know, it's it's a good fit, then I don't mind taking them in just to, uh, you know, don't mean to put all my eggs in the same basket because, you know, let's say in 2008, Real estate CPAs uh, would have, you know, taken a big hit at that point because uh, all the real estate investors got affected by the collapse, by the economic collapse. So uh, it's it's okay to take more work. It's just that I don't 
actively seek it anymore. I mean, it, it comes to me naturally through referrals and, you know, through other little bit of marketing that I do. It, it just makes the entire uh, operational part a lot easier because now I only have to uh, focus on the real estate, on improving my uh, skills with the real estate taxation as opposed to just going about and trying to learn the, the entire tax code, which is practically um, impossible for any human being. <laughs> yes. So what are you finding in terms of being able to add value to your real estate investing clients at, the more you work in this space? Are you, to what extent are you uncovering new ways to be like, oh, I could do this for them. Oh, I could do that. Oh, I hadn't thought of this before. Is that happening or not so much? Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, that's, uh, it's about value more than anything else. And that's, I think, that's what I've uh, learned over the year that this whole uh, domain, this line of work is transitioning into more of an advisory service than um, just a compliance-based service. You see what I'm saying? That's where the future is, I think, advisory, because that's where the value is. I mean, traditionally, an accountant's job was just to take the numbers and throw them on the forms and file it as accurately as possible. But uh, in the recent times, I think in the last 10 or maybe 20 years, uh, the accountants are taking this approach where they're telling their clients or the taxpayers that, yes, we're going to keep you compliant and we're going to keep you out of trouble, but it can be done while keeping your taxes to the minimum and while keeping your cash flows in the green. So th that's that's the kind of approach that I want to take at this point and uh, that helped me a lot. I mean, because when you're adding that kind of value to our clients, because see, for, for a small business, I think nothing matters more than the cash flow. I mean, that's what uh, keeps their business afloat. That's what pays their bills. So if they have enough cash and if you can help them uh, manage it properly and add value in that um, in that area, then they'll be happy to pay you the premium price as well. So I think that has been a, a, a kind of a game changer for me where I realized that, you know, I have to move in uh, move a transition from just a traditional uh, accountant space to uh, to a space of, a, of an advisor who can, uh, help, you know, just add value by reducing the tax liability and, you know, helping the clients manage their cash. So talk a little bit about that transition, kind of the first time you went from being a traditional accountant to offering advisory for your first clients when we piloted. What was that experience like? Were you nervous? Were you like, there's no way they're going to go for this? Or were you like, yeah, yeah, totally. I got this. Of course, they're going to want to pay me four times more than anybody's ever paid me for this. Like, what was your thought process and what happened compared to what you thought was going to happen? Well, <laughs> it, was, it was magical. I mean, in a way that I, st yeah, I still don't know how it happened exactly. But uh, I think uh, I think it's, again, about value. Yes, it was nerve wracking. And uh, I didn't think that I, I honestly didn't want to do that because I was a lot comfortable in my space as a, as a traditional accountant who, ju who just does taxes. But what I realized was, uh, I think if you want to build a practice, uh, a non-traditional CPA firm or a, or a practice that is uh, uh, that, that you enjoy working in, that's the way to go. Because, you know, a lot of times what happens is, see, tax preparation is a low margin work. Uh, three people have to get involved, like a staff, a manager, a partner. There are a lot of reviews and, you know, a, lo a lot of effort that goes into it. So uh, traditionally what CPAs have been doing is that they've been building these firms who does tax preparation more than anything else. And in order to make that business profitable, you have to have like a thousand clients. What ends up happening is in my experience, as I've seen at like three, four other CPA firms very closely, the, the life of the owner or the life of the partner 
becomes a, a lot more stressful uh, after 10, 15 years, they end up being, building a practice where their involvement, their 100% involvement in the day-to-day -day operations is inevitable. I mean, they have to be there, they have to be involved in order to make money, as opposed to having a, a practice that is uh, primarily built on uh, advisory clients. I mean, you don't always have to get involved uh, uh, on 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 a day-to-day -day basis. You know, I mean, you uh, it's it's a lot easier to delegate the advisory work because again, it's it's not always two plus two four. You have a bit of a wiggle room there, so I think it's it's easier to delegate that work, and as a result, uh, the life of the owner, the life of the uh, partner in charge is not going to be as stressful. Is is what I've noticed, and I I have seen people do that very closely where uh, you know their firm is doing more of an advisory work than just compliance work and uh, the owner enjoys a, a, a much better lifestyle as compared to those who just do the tax preparation work. Okay, so six months ago, it was hard for you to imagine offering advisory services to your clients. But now you're in the swing of it. And how does how does it feel? And what would you say to the person who's like, wants to head in that direction, but has a hard time imagining themselves having that conversation with their client like how's it actually roll well again it's equally scary for the clients to move in that direction i mean you just again uh i have clients who were paying me uh know, two thousand dollars until last year they are paying me 20 now yeah 20 grand 10 times yeah i mean yeah 10 it's crazy that a client will pay you 10 times more exactly because before uh, that, I just wanted to do, do their taxes and that's it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now the same client, I mean, we have monthly meeting uh, once a month. You know, I do, uh, I work with them in the capacity of a fractional CFO. So we do their bookkeeping as well. We do, do the tax planning, the tax preparation, pretty much everything. Uh, so we're doing a lot of work as well. Income has increased a lot more from this one client compared to the uh, time that has increased that we're putting in. So it's equally nerve-wracking for the client. You just have to, um, you know, if they trust you uh, as a tax preparer, they'll be happy to listen to what you have to offer. And, uh, you know, that's where uh, that's where you, you, you just have to make a sale. I mean, it's it, it, and just show them the value, basically, and convince them that, yeah, you will be paying me a lot more money, but the value you're going to be getting is going to be a lot more than what you're getting right now. And it's going to be worth it for you. So it's it's uh, it's just about the value, I think, bit more than anything else. Uh, if you can show that to the client, anyone will be pay will be happy to pay you the the premium price. And uh, I think what I have noticed is uh, it's a lot easy to sell tax planning work than any other work. Like let's say the hardest uh, service to sell is bookkeeping because there's no imminent value of uh, having your books right. I mean, of course, there is it's a huge value, but uh, you, you can show it to the client right away as opposed to selling uh, a tax planning service where you can just show them the numbers. Okay, if you work with me, we're going to do this, 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 and you're going to save $30,000 in taxes. They'll be happy to pay you five. The way I'm approaching it is I try to sell them a, a bundle package where I show them that, okay, this is what you're going to get out of tax planning. This is your, what you're going to get out of uh, the fractional CFO service. Uh, and the only way I can do all that work for you, if you let me do your books, because that's when I'm going to know where you stand. And that's going to give us a clear idea of uh, how to steer forward. I mean, the, the bookkeeping versus the tax planning piece is like, I liken it to going to a restaurant and 
only being able, only wanting to spend money like three bucks on the broccoli when the French fries and the hamburger and the margarita is where it's at, but that's 25, but it's way better. <laughs> and you can, but you have to make the jump, right? And so the business owner has to be able to afford, you know, the, the restaurant patron has to be able to afford the whole meal that's where all the really yummy and not just be like, I'm just going to go cheap and chintz out and only get the broccoli because like, uh, Exactly. And that's, that's, I think that's where the toughest part is, you know, being able to sell it, being a, like showing them the taste before they, they can actually try it. And that's where, that's where I think the accountants, uh, we, that's where I have to shut my accountant's mind and turn on my business owner's mind and be able to, to work on my sale, selling skills and marketing skills as well. And th- that's something that I never worked on when I was working for others, you know? Uh, and that, that's the, that's the part that I am enjoying the most. I think because uh, uh, it, it's the biggest challenge, and the, uh, I think that's where um, if I am able to uh, master that, then uh, moving forward at a pace that I'd like would be a lot easier. Let's talk a little bit about the sweet spot that your clients say yes to, because so as I look at the people that I work with, they have different kinds of sweet spots for what their clients want, and yours seems to be very much in this teens range, right? Like. 12,500, 17,500, that kind of range annually. You talked a tiny bit about that service. Can you expand on it a bit about what's included for the price? I offer tiers of services. I mean, and that's uh, something that I've learned from you, of course. I had no idea even if that was possible. Um, So I offer tiers of services. Like I'm going to give them, uh, when I send out a a proposal, I just tell them, listen, if you want to do just taxes, this is what you're going to pay me. And if you're going to do uh, bookkeeping and taxes, that's what you're going to pay me. If you're going to pay, uh, if you're going to do bookkeeping, CFO service and taxes, tax planning, everything, then that's what you're going to pay me. Uh, a lot of times, uh, a lot of my clients are not at a point where they uh, need any CFO service. So I end up uh, getting a lot of clients who only need, not a lot, but you know, uh, I end up getting few clients who uh, only need tax and bookkeeping. And, uh, you know, the price range, the way I price it, it, it completely depends on the amount of work involved. I mean, I, I don't charge them hourly because, you know, there are only so much hours in a day. So you'll, you'll be stagnant if you're doing that at some point. It can range anywhere from uh, $100 per week all the way to uh, $300 per week, uh, depending on the amount of work involved. And that's just tax taxes and bookkeeping. Uh, if you're doing the CFO service as well, then it can be anywhere from, um, you know, $350 uh, per week all the way up to $700 per week, depending again on the amount of work involved. Awesome. Great. I love it. Some people are reluctant or hesitant or trepidatious to outsource for a variety of reasons. You outsource your bookkeeping and you're really happy with it. So can you give listeners a bit of a sense of how that's working for you? Oh, it's working very good. Uh, and I think uh, bookkeepers are a weird uh, breed, you know. Uh, most of them are freelancers. It's it's really hard to find a good bookkeeper and then to retain him or her. You know, a lot of times what happens is uh, you you work with a bookkeeper and they'll for for a firm uh, for a small firm like myself. When I engage with the bookkeeper, they'll have other clients as well, and uh, you know it's just hard for them to uh, for us to make them focus on the work that they're doing because they have their hands in a lot of other pots. And again, if you uh, if you're working with just just one person as opposed to working with one big company, then um, you'll be dependent uh, a lot on this one individual. And if you know they're sick or they're out or they want to take a vacation or they just change their mind of 
you know they don't want to work with you or anything along those lines then your business is going to be pretty much paralyzed at that point until you find a new person as opposed to uh this whole outsourcing thing that i tried now i'm working with uh, a company who employs a lot of bookkeepers so even if the one that i'm working with is out or is on a vacation they're gonna assign it to someone else who can take care who can you know fill in for the for my bookkeeper and you know it's it's not gonna delay anything on uh, their part they're professional they are very efficient and uh, you can just count on them and then it's been a very good experience and they're very reasonably priced as well that's something that uh that is just amazing that you know uh, we were always told that you know your your cp which is wrong by the way we're always told that you're a cpa so you know you don't want to do bookkeeping it's not worth your time well that this part is true yeah it is it's not worth my time doing bookkeeping but you know there are professionally trained bookkeepers out there who can do that for for a CPA like me who, who understand bookkeeping better than I do and who like book doing bookkeeping, uh, you know, uh, as opposed to someone like me who doesn't. So engaging like teaming up or partnering up with uh, other professionals like that uh, uh, gives you uh, a lot of time to focus on what you like. And uh, uh, again, uh, a stream of income as well for which you sometimes don't have to do anything or, you know, do have, just have to work, do, do like minimal work. And that, that's what I'm doing. Like currently my margin uh, with that, uh, because of that outsourcing is like 85 to 90%. So in other words, I basically get 85 to 90% of the monthly recurring revenue by doing pretty much no work or very minimal work at times. So I think... Uh, this, if executed properly, this whole bookkeeping part of the work can be uh, very uh, lucrative, I think. Yeah, and highly scalable too. Oh, yes, totally. I mean, I think in, in my experience, uh, you can add uh, $10,000 of monthly recurring to your business every year. I mean, it's it's very easy to do. I mean, I, I, I someone like me who doesn't know much about sales and marketing, was able to do it, uh, was able to add like almost eight, nine grand in monthly recurring revenue in just six, seven months. So, you know, when, when you look in the long term, like, you know, in, in four or five months, you could be at a very, very good position cash flow wise. And how about the quality? People are often rightly, rightfully so concerned about the quality. Well, yes, the quality is something that you have to watch out for. There are people out there who, uh, you know, sometimes do suboptimal work. And, uh, you know, you, you, it's, it's, it's a miss or hit sometimes. I mean, you, you have to find the right people. I was lucky to find, uh, the right people, uh, the first time. I won't say that I haven't seen any better bookkeeping work before. That won't be true. But again, for the price and for the fact that they have completely taken it off my plate, the, the kind of work they're doing is uh, very, very acceptable for me. I mean, yeah, it's a very valid concern that when you outsource work, uh, the quality can be compromised. But I think uh, it's it's still possible to find someone who can do a good quality work uh, at a very reasonable price. So given where you are now and just how much things have changed, transformed over the last year... What do you see looking forward? What are the opportunities in front of you? What are you excited about? I just, uh, I think I'm enjoying the way uh, the numbers are looking right now. Uh, it has allowed me to focus on a lot of other things and uh, especially this new line of uh, uh, services that we've started that has, uh, you know, uh, taken a lot of work off my plate and uh, allowed me to uh, 
focus on other things as well. So I think uh, the opportunities that I'm looking for are just uh, being as focused as possible and, you know, take up uh, uh, more and more of real estate work and build build that niche, you know, and, uh, and just uh, zero in as much as possible. Uh, like 10 years from now, I would want to have more than one niche. Again, just to avoid putting all my eggs in one basket. But I think uh, even at that point, having uh, one niche or like maybe two um, niches uh, would be would be sufficient. So um, I'm just looking to build my business, uh, getting more uh, real estate clients and getting more advisory work, which is a completely dip- different approach than what I used to take uh, a, a year ago. Uh, and yeah, just, just build my practice, a practice that uh, allows me to do other things as well, where I don't have to work 80 hours a week. Yeah. So um, if for listeners who, you know, might be where in the shoes that you were wearing a year ago, or are kind of thinking of heading out into adding advisory, which is a lot of folks who want to add it, but it's just so nebulous as to how to do it. What can you share? What mistakes did you make? Or what regrets do you have? Or what would you have done sooner? What would you say to folks who are who might be you know, six months, a year, 18 months behind you? The the, the mistake that I did was uh, not adding uh, other lines of services in my uh, in my practice earlier because, and honestly speaking, we, uh, once we started working together, that's when, uh, I mean, I was looking for bookkeeping work, but I uh, actively started looking since April and it's just been like six, seven months. Uh, and uh, that was, I think, a mistake. I got some bad advice initially. Uh, where I was told that, you know, being a CPA, uh, you should only be doing taxes uh, or tax preparation more than anything else. Um, that's going to cripple you down uh, to a great extent. And it's going to, you know, uh, it's going to just hold you down. I think that's that's uh, definitely not the approach that I would want to take. Another thing that I learned is that you don't have to know everything. You know, you just need to know more than what your clients do and you know as long as you are just uh, brushing up your skills regularly uh, soon enough you'll uh, you'll know whatever you need to know uh, in order to uh, expand your practice but to start with a lot of times uh, you know you'd think that okay since I don't know everything I shouldn't start but that's not the case I mean I started when I know absolutely nothing about a fractional CFO service I still don't know a whole lot but it's it's getting better every day. The more you work with clients, the more you learn. The more you see what they're uh, what they need and what they're uh, you know, what they're actually seeking, and how you can add value. I, I waited too long uh, to know it all, and I realized that it's just not practical for anyone to know it all. You just need to know more than your clients, and uh, you know that's 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 all you need to get started. I love that. You don't need, you will never know it all. There's way too much to know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. If I can pile on the way to learn is to do it and you learn by doing it because you find out what you need to learn. That's a great idea. So this has been really great. I really appreciate that you are willing to come on and share your experience and how it's been for you with listeners because I know they'll find value in it. So where can people find you if they have questions or maybe we have some real estate investors listening in the crowd or maybe some CPAs who want to unload their real estate investor clients? How can people find you? Uh, Well, the easiest way to find me is through my website, which is orangecountytaxplanning.com. That's how uh, most of my new clients uh, through my website or, you know, through my digital presence. So um, you can just Google Orange County Tax Planning and, you know, you'll you'll see me right there. 
And can people connect with you on LinkedIn? Are you active there still? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm active. I'm very active on LinkedIn. Uh, And yeah, definitely anyone is welcome to connect with me over LinkedIn. I'd love to. This has been really great. Sean Afridi, thank you so much for coming on the Business Strategy for CPAs podcast. Thank you, Geraldine. Had a great time. Thanks a lot. Are you still digging out from tax season, even though multiple deadlines have passed? Are you looking down the barrel of the next tax season, wondering how you're going to make it all work? If you desperately want to be somewhere different six months from now, but you feel overwhelmed by change, head on over to SheThinksBigCoaching.com to check out the results clients get from working together. Then take the next simple, small step and subscribe to my Daily Drip newsletter. You'll get one easily digestible tip a day on how to position your business, how to price your services, and how to sell outcomes so that you can be more profitable, get your time back, and get off the tax hamster wheel for once and for all. That URL again is shethinksbigcoaching.com. All right, that's it for me. Have a great week. Hi again. Would you rather spend your weekends outside playing or at your desk? In Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind, we put an end to overworking while maintaining revenue. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there.